0: It's time once again for another episode of the Buckhead Business Show, being brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel studios in Atlanta. And now, here's your host for today's episode...
1: Well, good morning, good morning. It's a beautiful day in Buckhead as usual. Got Michael Moore bringing you the show for the Buckhead Business Association today, and this is a pro business channel, and we're right here in our lovely studios overlooking Linux Mall, and we got two fabulous guests for you this morning. we got Dr. Bruce Salzinger, who you've heard before, and is one of our Buckhead fixtures, I guess we'll call him a little bit, but he's not porcelain. He's one of those other kind of fixtures. Bruce is going to share some ideas about healthcare and so forth with us today, and also we have Terrence Dowling, who is with Country Financial, and we're going to talk a little bit about the financial world and how he got there and what's going on in the marketplace. But first, before we do that, we'll have a little bit of that commercial, as we say. The Buckhead Business Association, as you may or may not know, has been around for 65 years. Is that right, Bruce? At least. At least. So it started in 1951. The rumor is that we were started to determine who was turning over the garbage cans out behind the restaurants at night. But the business owners got together even before Buckhead was part of the community called Atlanta. And we are one of the only communities in the country that has physical boundaries. So if you talk to Sam Macell, you'll learn that we're 44 square miles. And we have quite a few people, and we pay quite a lot of taxes. But we have some of the best-looking buildings and, the, and some of the uncrowded streets, except for this last couple of months. <laughs> As we said, uh, we always have traffic, whether it's for church, whether it's for business, uh, whether it's for uh, Saturday morning shopping. So. We're all in good shape here, but we'll talk a little bit more about the Buckhead Business Association because Dr. Salzinger has been on the board for a number of years, and he has been very active in the association, I guess, since he started his business in Buckhead, and we'll cover that, but first, let's take a look at Terrence Stalling, who is with Country Financial. And Terrence, you uh, you wear red and black, but today you're wearing pink.
0: Uh, yeah, I actually have a client appointment later tonight, so I, uh, I had to dress for both occasions. Well, that's that's good. We're we're glad
1: you're looking your best. We are out there on the on the web. We stream this live so that people can see how pretty you are or how handsome you are. <laughs> then I'm glad I did. dress And, up. and, and we have had people. Who, we have to hide their flip flops. So you know, don't, <laughs> don't have flip flops under the table, do you? No, I I, I, I do well, not. Good. I do not. So Terrence, you've been in the industry about 15 years, and you've worked for a couple of the big giants, but uh, you've settled in with Country Financial, and you're doing some great things for clients, so talk a little bit about what makes the financial business
0: exciting for you personally, and then we'll talk a little bit about products and theories and ideas. No problem. Uh, Insurance and financial services, actually on the financial side, that's actually always been my first love. I was infatuated with the stock market as a youngster, and uh, when I graduated from UGA, I had dreams of going to work on Wall Street, but graduated like right after the dot-com bust, and uh, I got a job at Progressive. I was there for 10 years. Um, I worked on the claim side. Always still fina- follow the financial markets. Um, and then when I got sick of it, I was like, all right, it's time to do what I want to do. And uh, Country Financial presented a great opportunity. Um, not only do we provide uh, financial services, we also provide uh, insurance protection as well.
1: Well, talk about that transition. You said you, quote, we're going to get, get, get the thought going here a little bit about you wanted to go do what you really wanted to do. Yeah. So, how do you think that the preparation you had in the ten years or so before got you to where you needed to be? What were the, what were the, what were the tenets of that process?
0: Uh, more so than anything else, is helping others. Um, that's always been a a passion of mine. Um, and in doing that, and working on the claim side, you'd realize how many people didn't understand insurance. A lot of people don't understand insurance. So a lot of people think insurance is a waste. Or they'll say, "Oh, you know, insurance companies—they're—they're not there for you. You know, I pay all this money, and they never pay me." But um, really, what that is is just a lack of understanding. Um, insurance is a great product; um, it protects people. Uh, when I worked for Progressive, um, I could see that you know there were clients who really didn't understand uh, the claims process or, or how insurance worked, and sometimes either they were you know, overextended or they were undercovered. Um, And there's a fine balance that you, there's a fine balance you want to reach with a client. Um, And that's why I came to the agency side where I could educate clients a little bit better, um, getting them more on the right footing prior to, you know, having to need us.
1: Well, you, you had mentioned the the transition. Now you just hit two phrases. They're (laughs) either overinsured or undercovered. Yeah. Wow. That typically happens sometimes. So we, we're, you know, what what did, you mentioned a client meeting later today. So I'm not going to ask you exactly <laughs> what you're going to do to a client, but let's take the theoretical process. Let's say you're going to talk to the underinsured client first. Okay. Talk about what you do to, to uncover that fact.
0: All right. So I actually had an example. And so I'll, when I give examples. Examples I'll, are good. Yeah, and They I'll, have I'll, no I'll, names and no dollar values, yeah. but the theory's All right, there. Yeah, I got an example. So I have a client. Let's just call him Bob, right? Okay, Bob. Bob's <laughs> Real, name, fin- <laughs> Real name Robert. Real <laughs> <laughs> um, name Robert. Real name Robert. Give a name Robert. Yeah, he's always wanted to work uh, for this law firm in Buckhead. Ah, And he finally gets that position. And Bob negotiates $150,000 salary. So Bob is excited. He's getting ready to start. But I would ask Bob, you know, looking at his auto policy, Bob, well, why are your automobile liability limits at $50,000? You're not even protecting your income in the event of an accident or, you know, or a fatality or just just a tragedy. So um, a lot of financial advisors, they'd like to talk, you know, they talk about the investment piece. Bob, you're making $150,000 a year. Let's put this in your 401k and let's save this. But At Country Financial, we dig a little bit deeper. We go straight to the ground, protecting what you have, and then we plan for the future. So my question to Bob would be, let's go ahead and raise your liability limits above your income. And so that in the event of a tragedy, uh, we, we don't have to worry about your wages being garnished to pay for someone's injuries or unfortunately for their demise. So.
1: So is that a pr- pretty simple conversation? Do most people understand that, or do you most really pe- have to?
0: Most people don't. Most you, you, I'll find people who make $250,000 a year, and they'll have state minimum coverage. And when you ask them why, I I don't know. I just bought it online. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> Or or I've had it for 20 years yeah. since I was in college, and I didn't understand what Absolutely. I was doing and, and guess what? I still, I still uh, don't understand that. <laughs> I haven't had a good relationship with someone who I believed, trusted, or Took the time to explain it to me.
0: To explain my coverage. Well, to me. Well, now
1: let's talk about the other one there. You said uh, underinsured or overinsured. Now yes. talk about somebody who's, I'm
0: sure you have at least one example. Uh, of overinsured, late, right? Yeah. So these beautiful houses in Buckhead, right? Uh, I'll, have, I'll have a client, they're buying a house, and let's say they're buying a house for $800,000. But the house is only 1,200 square feet. So is it really going to cost the insurance company $800,000 to rebuild that house? A lot of times, what people are paying for is the locations. You're paying for the land, then your home insurance policy doesn't cover the land. So sometimes I have to get with the uh, mortgage uh, So what about company. earthquakes and sinkholes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, still, like, if, if the house burns to the ground, is, is it going to cost $800 to rebuild this house? Probably not, even with the great finishes that we have in, the, in this yeah, area. Okay, right. okay. Um, it may cost $500,000 to rebuild a house, but they're... Their prior uh, insurance agent said, "Hey, you're right. buying eight hundred thousand dollars house. We'll make the insurance policy cover you for eight hundred well, thousand dollars." They
1: transfer it to quote replacement value. And they don't think about the land. They, they, need to be they
0: never think about that. Uh,
1: okay, so yeah. I'm I'm Billy. I'm I'm Bob's brother, uh-huh. and I've got and I've got the million dollar house in Buckhead, and I'm, yes. it's sitting on a. Let's just take a discussion, say it's on a quarter a million dollar lot. So that leaves me seven hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, members. but what about construction cost, and what about the market, and what about finishes and all that? So my house burns down. Uh-huh. And in that scenario, if I had $750,000, I'd be in great shape. Yes. But I can't replace my house for $750,000. So my wife comes back to the house, and it's not as big and not as nice as it used to be. Well,
0: well, typically, well, I'll get that information from you up front. So okay. we have different metrics that we use like to determine the- the quality of a house so sure. down here oh careful now don't say i live in a shabby house oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right no no down here in buckhead i would say people tend to have what we'd call designer kitchens whereas out in gwinnett county where my office is it's more builders grade um so we take those into account in. De- determining okay. the value of your home And then we also add an inflation protection in there Because he's right The cost of construction changes over time And so we definitely want We, we wouldn't want to insure your house for $750,000 Ten years later it burns down to the ground And costs $1.5 million to rebuild it And all we have is $1. And $1. what about contents? Contents are included in the policy they're, they're, they're a percentage of the dwelling value Typically with a preferred carrier Like country and all state um, 75% of the dwelling value the state only requires 50%. So there are some companies that write 50%, and sometimes I have to explain that to clients. You know, so it all, go,
1: it all does go back to a, to not only a good inventory of, of the property and the contents, but also a good inventory of the person's knowledge and a good desire to understand what's going to happen uh, in the event of catastrophic situations, which, you know, there are very few fires in reality. Absolutely. And there are very few total losses in reality. Tip. So being balanced is, is, is important. And now you do uh, – Homeowners and you do auto and I assume you do life and you blend all that in with a financial plan. Talk about some of the biggest mistakes in the last. Gosh, we've been in how long? We've been in this great market since oh eight, right? Uh-huh. Now we've been in this great market since about twelve. <laughs> yeah. Since we've got we've gotten out of the hole and yeah. started up again. So, talk about what's changed for those fifteen years you've been in the financial services industry, and how how you see that impacting uh, people today who maybe need to catch up.
0: Uh, well, like you said, people needing to catch up. Typically, um, what I would say is it's the same thing um, that has affected everyone probably for the last thirty years, uh, and we call those like the roadblocks to retirement. And one of the biggest roadblocks of retirement is people do not save enough. They don't save enough. And even taking that a step further, they don't pay themselves first. So, you know, Bob, we'll go back to Bob. Yeah, Bob. Bob Bob gets that job and he fails to sign up for the 401k plan at the law firm, right? So Bob, a year later, sits down with someone like me and we're like, hey, Bob, are you putting any money away for retirement? He's like, well, I got a 401k at work and I haven't signed up for it. Well, let's let's go ahead and get you to (laughs) sign up for that, Bob. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of spending everything I have. I got a $1,200 student loan payment, as well as this $1,200 Maserati payment that I need to make. Um, <laughs> one, so I one of them's got to go, Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> yeah so I don't, I don't have the money to put in my 401k. However, we always say, we tell our clients to pay yourself first. So when Bob gets that job, I'm like, Bob, sign up for the 401k, because you're going to spend what you make anyway. But if you're paying yourself first, at least you're saving and you're spending what you make. So at least we're putting something away. Well, let me talk about that in one regard. You
1: also are a pretty good believer in distribution plans because as you go through your life, uh, there are certain – Things that occur, and you mentioned that student loan being paid off uh, is is a hope and a dream many people have. Yeah, uh, the sooner the better because then you can start paying yourself. Because even though it's a few percentage points of interest, uh, you can do better on on making money for yourself. So Absolutely. How are you seeing the younger generation? Your your clients that are in the lower third of age. Uh-huh. Uh What are
0: how are they responding? You know what's funny about that is I'm seeing the student loan balances; they're a lot larger than when I was in school. I mean, pizza's that, gotten more expensive since yeah, you were yeah, in school, yeah, bro. Yeah. I, I mean, it seems like, I mean, 20 years, where has it gone? I, you know, um, like the, the loan balance is a larger, but I will tell you the, they're a little bit more astute as when it comes to wanting to retire that debt. I see that. <laughs> now they um, wanted it at 35. That was a little tough yeah, to get that yeah. accumulation. going fifteen years. Yeah. I was just like, you know, put me on a plan. I'll pay it. <laughs> and then when I'm done, I'm done. Uh, the millennial generation, I would say, um, they are actually really uh, they are really aggressively trying to tackle that, their student loan debt and trying to retire that debt. That's that's one good thing about it. The only thing is sometimes the jobs that they're in, uh, they don't pay as well. So it's a little bit more of a struggle to retire that debt. Sometimes you just need to go ahead and make that monthly payment.
1: Well, most people joke about the accumulation. And we've just joked today about retiring at 35 or 45. Or, but in reality, 55, 65, 75. Distribution is always painful because people don't don't want to take the money back out of the kitty piggy bank, do they? Absolutely. What, it, what are you doing it, and what are you seeing in that market? It's kind of today? funny,
0: like, so, we, you know, we, we we have three, we call it the three stages of retirement, right? We have the go-go years, that's like the first five <laughs> years of retirement. You're like, oh, okay, okay Bruce, here, go we, here we go, we're in it. Right, and then there's logo the slow-go years. where slow-go. Yeah, right, you're like, all right, you know, I've seen Italy enough, I just want to be next to my grandkids and watch them grow up and then you got the no go years right and so what happens is people like they built this like you said this great big kitty and they don't they don't want to have go go years they just want to like they they're afraid they want to leave it to the skip phase yeah. one yeah they want to skip phase one and then maybe they'll get a, in, you know enticed and interested during the slow go years but then it's no fun on a cruise with a cane right so. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you if you tip you make it over the side <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately yeah so um, and then, so what they do is they just, they watch it and then, you know, they pass it on to their kids and what do their kids do with it? And well, they have their go-go years Freud. in their
1: 40s and 50s. Well, you need, yeah. to, you need to make sure you yeah. educate your kids. I, I, I love the saying that you can never tell how well you raised your children until you see how your grandchildren turn out. Absolutely. I, I think I'm in that now and one of mine's a hellion, so I don't know <laughs> So, Terrence, if people want to reach out to you, you mentioned you're out in Gwinnett County, but you're here in Buckhead today, so obviously you you follow the philosophy of coming to where the money is, just like Jesse James and banks. Right? Absolutely. The
0: world's a lot smaller with this thing called the internet. So. All right, so, <laughs> and so how do we get in touch with you, Terrence? All right, you can reach me uh at my office. Uh my telephone number is seven seven zero two seven nine two one zero four. You can also reach me at Terrence Dowling Country Financial on Facebook. I have a business Facebook page. Uh and then, you know, countryfinancial.com forward slash Terrence dowling reach me there as well
1: well we're going to wrap wrap up your segment there for a minute and then we're going to come back to you at the very end because i want to touch back on the internet and i'm going to ask dr bruce we'll do a little bit of time and time in motion here at the end but we're brought to you by the buckhead business association and of course we're here at pro business channel we are a pro business radio station we lean to the business we don't lean left or right most days but today we're talking about financials and we're talking about chiropractic and we're talking about health and we're talking about wellness and and we know now that we're going to get a little bit more fun. I've got Dr. Bruce Salzing, and I'm not going to give you his bio because I think many of you have, uh, around Buckhead have, have seen him over the years. He is in his, uh, in a, I won't say not the twilight, but he, actually he's in a glowing period of his second career because I've known Bruce for a number of years. And he he moved, moved into chiropractic to serve people. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what healthcare looks like today, and then we're going to prime the pump for a few weeks down the road, he's going to come back with some new, some exciting ideas as he moves into the third station of life. But Dr. Bruce, if you will, tell me a little bit about uh, what the BBA has meant to you just in general in the X number of years, and you can tell us how many you've been down there on Far Road helping people.
2: Uh, thank you, Michael. I appreciate that. Uh, interestingly, when I found the building I'm in, which is uh, on Far Road, um, I, I remember when I was doing construction there so I could open, and, and a gentleman stops in and uh, um he says, God, you gotta be a member of the BBA. And I go, what, well, what is that? And he <laughs> says, Oh, this is great Buckhead Business Association. And, uh, uh they meet just up the block on, uh, Campbellstone <laughs> Apartments. Uh, I said, okay. Next thing I know, I'm, uh, finding the time to get there on the Thursday morning, which has been the, uh, um, enduring, uh, meeting time, uh, of, uh, this great organization. And, uh, next thing I know, it was something I saw the value and I, uh, immediately, uh, not only joined, but I, uh, um, started to derive value, why? Because I was participating and meeting the uh, uh, other fine members, similar to like Terence, who comes uh, uh, with a professional expertise in whatever the product
1: or service is. Uh, I was anxious to meet them, and uh, of course for them to meet me. Now you've—I re- think the good news is you've renewed your membership a number of times since that first time at Camelstone. You've been through a bunch of meeting spaces. You've seen a bunch of changes in Buckhead. Go ahead, tell us how many years.
2: Uh, 24 plus years now I've been a member of uh, the BBA and uh, uh, always glad to re uh, reload, even if I didn't participate to the same level, which I do still, um, to support the organization, which is so valuable within our community, because as you uh, pull back the uh, the cover, so to speak, you appreciate that uh, we are a positive force on many levels for promoting Buckhead.
0: Well, we do
1: some of those fun things called ribbon cuttings, which are good, but also our monthly socials. Which normally occur on the third Wednesday of each, a third Thursday of each month, wind us up putting us in a new restaurant or a new bar or a new hotel or a new condominium or a new something. And and as uh, we all know, as we continue to watch these cranes grow and move around the city, we are, we're getting a lot of growth and a lot of opportunities. And to just to be able to gather with friends and people, you know, I mean, I walk into a room after gosh, how many years have I been there? Oh, I'm a, a few short. I'm a, I'm less than 20, but I'll catch. I can't catch up, I guess. But maybe I, maybe I'll journey along with you. But <laughs> please we've, do. <laughs> we've seen a lot of people come and go, and uh, we've had some very unique and interesting programs, which is one of the things I just want to chat about. Talk about some of the most interesting experiences you've had in the BBA over these 24 years. Highlights, if you will, the one or two. Uh,
2: well, I will say that the most significant one was uh, uh, getting to be friendly with uh, Sam Marcel, the former mayor. Uh, of Atlanta. We always had a, uh, uh, just a chemistry and I always, uh, admired his advice and what he had achieved. And I remember him, uh, uh saying, uh, uh, make a small investment in, uh, Buckhead now and it'll pay you huge dividends later. Uh, here I was. I had just, uh, bought the building I'm in. Um, uh, I remember other colleagues of mine and others with the for sale sign in front, uh, uh getting in touch with me because they knew me and they say, you bought that building, that block's a mess. And I remember my first response is, really? I see diamonds here. <laughs> here we are 24 plus years later and the, uh, the buildings are going up 20 stories on my block, uh, which I'm blessed to say will now give me a, uh, uh an opportunity to serve ever greater population who can now walk because, uh, uh, Fortunately, the uh, city leaders saw that uh, um, the whole city of Atlanta, not just Buckhead, had to be live, work, and play. Uh, We couldn't have all this commuting. There was not enough parking. It was expensive. It was inconvenient. So the whole uh, tone of uh, the construction industry has now changed as uh, the protection of our green space, the um, bike lanes. uh, All of this is a huge positive for uh, um, Buckhead's future
1: as the whole city of Atlanta. Well, I know you sit there right beside a park and, of course, a historic cemetery. Along, and as you said, right along the road where we've seen a lot of things come and go. I remember that, that neat bookstore in the corner that was there for so many years. Oxford Books. Oxford books. I used to hang there all the time. <laughs> they had good coffee and good books, and they wouldn't throw you out of your seat until, they, until you were ready to go. But we have seen a lot of change. It's not the little old wide spot in the road it used to be over the years. And, you know, I was driving in this morning, and I do believe all roads lead to Buckhead because everybody's sending me coming this way <laughs> as I was coming in. Well, I appreciate your service because you've, you've actually been on the board. You've uh, been a sponsor, you've been a friend of the group you've uh, I'm sure you've mentored new chiropractors into the marketplace because we know the market's always expanding and of course you're you're a prominent businessman for what we believe is is uh, you, you start small you stay here you grow in a one-man chiropractic office and now you have most of your rooms full with other with other professionals so congratulations thank you and now let's roll on and talk about health because you know you can't enjoy all the wealth you accumulate unless you're healthy so these thirty fives that we talked about Tell me what's the biggest mistake or what's the biggest thing that the, the 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 top of the millennial spectrum the 35-year-olds what do they need to do to um, to be ready for the rest of the 50 60 70 years of growth they're going to have Well it's interesting
2: you should say that because I like to call that the uh, advance notice um, my office is a participant in a uh, branding marketing messaging group called the 100 year lifestyle and Terence uh, uh, talked about this best, everyone is uh, very focused on getting to a stage of life where they've now then accumulated and then they hope to be enjoying. Well, um, I would suggest uh, right off the top, enjoy your journey. It's not the uh, end game. It's the enjoying what you do and uh, participating in that with the community around you. Uh, I've been blessed with uh, the uh, philosophy and understanding and skills, which I've uh, fortunately put my time into developing, uh, to treating um, from cradle to grave, we call it. Um, millennials should have embraced more of what their parents told them along the way, meaning uh, sit up straight, eat your fruit and vegetables, <laughs> go outside and play. Uh, you know, get off your PC, get off your handheld, uh, get some fresh air and some air, uh, rest when your body's tired and a positive mental attitude. But most of them think they're... Um, um, Teflon. And unfortunately, <laughs> uh, maybe those of our generation were guilty of the same. But the sooner you realize you have to maintenance yourself, just like uh, my dentist kids floss the ones you want to keep, uh, you need to appreciate and understand uh, what chiropractic is. And most people are uh, uh, just don't really appreciate the, uh, the essence. They think of it as back and neck pain. And uh, certainly, it's more than that.
1: Well, uh, we never want to use that term. It used to be Crack your back because that's, you know, that's not the right thing to do. So let's talk a little bit about millennials in the process because we have so many moving into the city and we have so many seeking or needing to seek better care because otherwise they won't last 100 years. They may, may spare get 50. Um, I've, I've watched the massage business increase. I've watched the, uh, as you, as you might say, the, the stretching process of uh, preparing people for good chiropractic. You come from one school of thought. I'm sure there's many different schools of thought of chiropractic, just like dentistry. Talk about some of the trends you're seeing in new treatments or modalities or something that might be important for us to share with our listeners today.
2: Well, certainly there's a lot of um, uh, information on uh, public uh, media um, that is going to... uh, Suggest uh, that uh, there's a new this, that, or the next thing, and I'm not saying don't keep an open mind, but do your due diligence and really research what the source of that is. Um, Basic to our physiology, just like you might read your car manual, is that you uh, need to uh, exercise and eat well because that's the fuel that's then driven by the body understanding where to send what, when, and where uh, to the precious organs that control and coordinate all function in your body. Chiropractic deals with uh, the protection of that brain and spinal cord with uh, uh, the skull and vertebra of that body, then protecting that central nervous system that literally goes to every cell of your body. If you then understand that as a basic level, um, you, for most of you, you'll appreciate the thought of uh, understanding how the fuse box in your house works. Uh, the, <laughs> the oven, the toaster, the yeah, air right? conditioner, the heater, the whatever. Um, but in contrast to that system, which is designed to blow out so your home doesn't go on fire or whatever, um, it's on or off. Uh, your central nervous system works on a... 100% system of optimal communication with all those cells of your body up and down and wherever um, to zero, which means you've checked out. Your body uh, can't compensate any longer and uh, you've lived your years. Uh, so we suggest that you understand chiropractic not just from a pain relief and symptom relief concept, but from function. Uh, and it's that function that then slows down your aging. It's not how many years you've got, but it's why do some people um, look better and are performing well into their years in contrast to what's the healthcare crisis, which is nursing homes, canes, walkers on several different medications. um, And they don't know if they're pitching or catching. And uh, (laughs) the next thing you know, you're being reckoned to someone who'll cut it out. I'm suggesting the earlier you figure out how to read your car manual, or your human manual, uh, you will be on a better course uh, because, As an example, the kids that we treat in our clinic and those that uh, participate in whole food nutrition as a suggested diet and maybe supplement when you can't seem to get that nor afford that on a regular basis, uh, those children are not coming down with the everyday things that most are. They don't miss as many school days. They're performing better. They sleep better. uh, Their whole lives are then improved. And once you get them on that understanding, they take that into their years, just like former generations did before the big drug and big food industry took over and suggested that you know in a bag and a can as long as it tasted good uh, we've got an answer for
1: you when the consequence
2: of that behavior becomes uh you got to take care of it
1: well now you you got into chiropractic as we as i shared earlier i I do know a little bit about you so this is kind of your second career you were in in a different environment something one day led you to believe that you should dedicate your time to chiropractic what was that
2: Well, I had uh, been always very active in sport, and I uh, hurt myself seriously ski racing. Uh, I didn't do it while I was racing, but I was a ski racer all through uh, college and high school. And um, I hurt myself, and uh, most of you would recognize sciatica. I had a bilateral sciatica here. I just graduated college, and uh, the traditional route of uh, what my parents suggested – I went through for about three months, uh, drugs and physical therapy, and then uh, they weren't satisfying that answer, um, the problem. Um, surgery was suggested. A friend of mine who uh, had been a friend for a long time uh, was now finishing up a chiropractic school at New York Chiropractic College, which at that time was in New York City. I was living in New York City. He suggested, Bruce, uh, uh, you can always have the surgery. Let me take a look. Uh, comes up with the same diagnosis, but a different treatment protocol. And I, uh, trusted him and, uh, I couldn't believe, uh, as I will suggest to you, 99% of the people who come to my office who've never been before, I said it to him, I can't believe I didn't come sooner. (laughs) okay no i wasn't cured in one visit but i had to go through a protocol of rehab because it's not just adjustment of the spine taking the pressure off of the nerve your ligaments your tendons your muscles which are addressed by soft tissue professionals in my office as well as i know some uh need to be addressed to and be rehabilitated the sprain the strain god forbid you've broken something they're addressed by your orthopedic uh gentlemen um um, but that was what opened my eyes. Now, after about 15 years of remaining in corporate, I was in a, a fourth generation in a family business. Um, uh, my father and I could not come to an agreement on a transition. We tried four or five years of this, that, and the next thing. I finally said, look, Dad, I got a, I got a college education. I, I, I graduated with a business degree in finance. Um, I can do other things. And even though I had a very successful opportunity there, I said, Dad, if we can't come to this agreement, finally, the fork in the road. I put a home I had built on Long Island up for sale, and I did my due diligence on where I wanted to go to school. Keeping the family together was very important. We weren't moving to anywhere, even though there were many fine chiropractic schools around the nation, internationally as well, uh, Atlanta um, Uh, was a spot that just felt right, and Life University felt right. I got very lucky when uh, I uh, graduated Life University. It was announced that the Olympics were going to be in Atlanta, and I remember getting calls from (laughs) friends, only Bruce. I mean, it was like
1: another genius move. I mean, who knew? (laughs) (laughs) So, So in both environments, we've got people who are dealing with the details of life. You're dealing with properly analyzing and developing a protocol to make sure that your clients do well. Bruce, you're right on Far Road, but go ahead and give us your contact info, and then I've got one more question for both of you gentlemen. Uh, 405 Far Road, right at the corner of
2: Lookout and Far where most people would know is a Frank Allen Park, or up the block from the big fish at the Atlanta fish market.
1: <laughs> Look forward to helping you. Very good. Bruce, we appreciate you being with us. Now, I don't think we have a lot of time to work on this question, but both of you have presence in Facebook. Both of you are using social media, and I am generally thinking that, that you you get your story out that way. Now, in the financial industry, it's tough because you're under all kind of regulations. In the chiropractic industry, you can't give away too much information because they'll 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 decide something's right or wrong with them anyways, but they show up in the door. So a short answer on how social media has impacted your business and, and you first, Terrence.
0: Social media for me uh, is more so branding. I, I read an article about um, the financial service industry and social media. Uh, typically, I use it to just... Make people in my community aware of my presence. And how much interactivity do you you use per day? As a millennial, you're at the top of the millennial curve, right? I I, I am, but I'm I'm a little old school when it comes to to yeah. things like social media. But uh, I I use Facebook pretty much every day. Probably I'll probably check my Facebook page probably three to five times okay. a day. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah. And Dr. Bruce, what about you? What's the social
1: impact of social media in your in your marketplace today in the chiropractic industry for you? Well, I must say at first,
2: when I uh, started to participate, it was just a great tool to be in contact with uh, friends all over the world that I just hadn't seen in years. But uh, let's not kid ourselves. Uh, Printed media is uh, on its way out. Um, Those that are surviving, good luck to that model (laughs) in the future. Um, uh, We have to be on social media, promote yourself. Because regardless of how many years you've been successful to whatever level uh competition is going to drive you and sure. if they're doing it you have no choice so but to do it personally but, how much
1: time do you spend a day looking at social media or your your <sighs> a- activities
2: well if you're including email which is now how you get your bills and stay in touch with <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff at and least at least an hour at least an hour a day you right. know but uh, and you're not a millennial so and, I, and I'm not <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh I I I appreciate that uh, uh, my success is because I've had my ear to the ground. Yeah, uh, you cannot be static in any business or service. I mean, you're kidding yourself if you think you can. And, and those that can are so wealthy they let others do that for them. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so come on.
1: We we know we have to do it. So here at the Pro Business Channel, we are we are pro on social media as well. So see us on Twitter. See us on Facebook. Today you've been watching us on Periscope. That's good. So and also the Buckhead Business Association. Go to that website buckheadbusiness.org. dot org. Take a look at our meetings, which are on Thursday mornings. Take a look at our socials, which are on Thursday evenings take a look at our signature and annual luncheons, look at our Young Bucks group, get to know the association which services the city that we all call, the community we call Buckhead. So with that, we're signing off. Uh, Mr. Dennis, thanks for being with us today in terms of the engineer seat. Terrence, great to talk talk about financial things with you, you, and I'm looking forward to figuring out how to pay myself first now. And and Dr. Bruce, I'm looking for one more deep tissue massage. We'll be on down the 405 Far Road. So with that, Dennis, wrap us up and take us home.
0: All right. Roll out. Thank you for joining us and our guests on the Pro Business Channel. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association.